Blog Talk Radio. And relax in this beautiful space that you've created. So let's stand up. Okay, we're going to expand the energy. You're going to do it before with your eyes closed. So you internalize the energy completely. So just close your eyes. In order to go out, you got to go within. Tai Chi is my method of doing it. It allows all energy condensed in to the very core of your body. And as you continue this practice or any of your Tai Chi forms, practice with your eyes closed sometimes so you can really internalize it. And some marvelous things will happen. I won't spoil your experience. If you are not sexual, you cannot be spiritual. Because it takes energy to be spiritual. It takes energy to meditate. And I'm not talking about alpha relaxation. I'm talking about meditation, dynamic, deep meditation. Learning to rotate your consciousness through the body in certain specific psychic pathways that the tantric traditions of have master that. And in this way, we open up and enliven ourselves to the possibility of being able to create and be any and everything your potential will allow to be in this lifetime. Body. 
And we say that, well, I don't feel it. But you got to develop it. you got to develop the sensitivity of it because it's there. Just because we don't feel it one or two times, we ignore it uh, or forget it. That's why it takes discipline. And what does discipline mean? You made a decision to do something. It's complete completion. And when we look at that word completion, nothing is ever complete. Because everything is constantly changing and moving, changing shape, changing energy patterns. So this whole thing that we're doing here, from the physical, the martial arts, into the mental and spiritual things, it's, it's not a three-day wonder. You know, it's your life. And as you exhale, slowly open your eyes, very slowly.
host with the most, symptometry.com. We thank each and every one of you for joining us, and if you have missed any of the shows in our 36 weeks of broadcasting, please visit us at symptometrybooks.com, symptometrybooks.com, where you'll be able to find each and every podcast that has been broadcast since March on that site. All you have to do is just press play, and it will begin to play, and you'll be able to catch yourself up because, as we say at Symptometry, the train has left the station. I want to uh, thank you all for coming in each and every Tuesday, and you know that the last Tuesday of the month is nurturing. We focused 70% of the formula for healing in symptometry is nurturing. So we always like to meditate and start the show off with meditation. And we will be meditating uh, in two minutes. And we're getting ready to get started shortly. So we want everybody to be able to release, relax, and relate from things that they've been having going on in their lives all day, all week, this weekend, and um, just being a better mindset to prepare for the holiday season that's coming forward. So we want to just go ahead and let everyone prepare for our meditation as we start to deal with tonight's topic for this episode, Nurturing Grief and the Loss of Loved Ones. You know, in the holiday seasons, a lot of times our thoughts go to those who are not present and someone who was there with us last year, and we do evaluations with those we've lost. So we want to take some time out tonight's show and address that and uh, um, some scientific methods of healing and nurturing that grief. First, if everyone will please uh, take off your shoes, loosen up your belt buckles, take off your ties, and sit on the edge of a chair with your feet flat and just relax. Take a nice big inhale through the nose. And pull up the spine straight. Hold the spine straight and exhale out the mouth. Just relax that breath. Inhale through the nose and lift up the shoulders to the ears. And exhale out the mouth. Ha. Shoulders drop. Once again, inhale, lifting the shoulders to the ears. And exhale out the mouth as the shoulders drop. Ha. Last one, inhale, pull the shoulders up high to the ears. And exhale out the mouth and drop the shoulders. Ha. Please place the fingers, tips together in the lap, or you may have your palms resting up on your thighs. If you would like to lay down flat on your back, that is fine as well with the palms facing up. And slowly begin to inhale and let the stomach expand. And exhale and let the stomach slowly, slowly Come back towards the spine. All focus is on the breath. 
There is no concentration, only contemplation. Inhaling, letting the stomach expand slowly. And exhale, letting the stomach slowly come back towards the spine. Each and every inhale is through the nose. The shoulders are relaxed. The ears are relaxed. The spine is still straight. Each and every exhale is through the nose. Eyes are closed softly. And you are exhaling through the nose. Tongue is at the roof of the mouth. And you are inhaling slowly and softly through the nose. Do not try to block out any foreign thoughts. Just let them pass. Like television commercials or soft clouds. All of your attention is on the breath. Feeling the inhale and the stomach expanding. Feeling the exhale as the stomach goes back towards the spine. If you are a young lady, please on the inhale, feel steam rising coming up the front of the body to the crown of the head and as you exhale cool water falling down the back cool water falling down the back natural inhale rising up the front steam and natural exhale down the back, cool water. If you are a young man, inhaling as steam is rising, visualize steam rising on the inhale of the spine, all the way to the crown, and exhale down the front of the body, cool water is falling. Cool water is falling. Inhaling and steam is rising. All the way to the crown. Do not hold the breath and naturally and slowly and gently release the breath as you feel the cool water fall. Staying relaxed as all of your attention is on the rising steam and the falling cool water as you notice the breath slowly expanding, slowly exhale. Let the breaths be very slow, very relaxed, very rhythmic, very relaxed, no rushing at all, just relax. 
continue to relax on the inhale steam is rising on the exhale water is falling slowly start to bring your attention down behind the navel as you drop the visualization of steam rising and water falling continue naturally breathing as you bring all of your attention behind the navel stay relaxed and realize you are inside precious pearl sitting inside of the lotus flower resting on a pond of water there are no thoughts there are no waves only stillness connected by the breath just relax and be slowly start to expand the heart with golden light feel the pearl expanding into the heart feel the golden light surrounding the heart from behind the navel staying relaxed feel the golden light Expanding to the throat chakra, staying relaxed, feeling that golden light encompassing the heart and the throat. Spine is still straight, breath is very slow and relaxed. As it starts to expand all the way to the crown of the head, as well as the base of your feet, relax as this golden light expands to surround your entire body. All of your attention is on the breath. Feeling inside as your mind is a wide panoramic screen, a wide blank movie screen. Where you 
or the director and you can see in a healthy you you see yourself on the screen see yourself being projected healthy wealthy wise you are healthy you are your ideal weight you are your ideal blood pressure you are free from stress free from grief you are relaxed and all is well Feel the golden light expanding, expanding as you merge with the image in your mind and pull that image into your heart. You are easily able to see this image. Slowly on the exhale, Start to expand the golden light. <clears throat> to your household, take a big inhale and slowly expand the light as you exhale out the mouth. Begin to exhale out the mouth. Inhale once again, big in the nose, and exhale out the mouth and let the golden light slowly dissipate away like fog. Bring the hands up into prayer position at the heart, with the fingertips barely touching. palms be apart, big inhale and pull all the energy into the heart and slowly exhale and project the arms out like you are freeing doves, feel that you are letting white doves of peace and love leave the palms of your hand, let your hands in a receiving position to heaven and slowly let your hands fall back down glide back down to your thighs and relax all is well all is well all is well slowly begin to open your eyes very slowly Slowly opening the eyes and just relaxing, letting the spine stay relaxed, and just sitting and resting. I thank you all for participating in our 811 meditation. Meditation is the art of listening and not speaking. Thank you for participating with the family. Thank you for those listening on the download. I thank you all. Well, tonight we want to go ahead and get started on the show.
I want to go ahead and bring in my hostess, my co-host, but the most, a brother I've known for, seems like lifetimes, I've only known each other for about three years, um, his reputation precedes him, extremely stand-up brother, family man, uh, scientist, doctor extraordinaire, 14 years, natural medicine, acupuncture, body talk, now a level one symptometrist. Please put your hands together as we welcome Dr. Charles Apple. Dr. Abbott, how you doing tonight? Uh, fantastic, Coach. Good to be here once again. It's an uh, extraordinary uh, meditation that you had there today. I see that it was uh, very enjoyable, and I'm sure that those that participated were definitely put in a state of ease or allowed themselves to be put in a state of ease. And, you know, uh, I think it's very, very um, critical at this juncture as we go into the winter season that we are able to connect with our inner selves so we can listen and use that time of listening to allow the seeds of our thoughts, of, of our hearts, of the way in which we function as good people to manifest and sprout. Mm. You know, to, uh, today has really been a, a uh, interesting day, and I find that loss and grief, all of those things are swirling right now, and I really am anticipating being a part of this conversation tonight. So I don't want to hold up uh, the the man of the hour, but I just really needed to say that. Absolutely, absolutely. There's so many things uh, going on in the cosmos, in the universe, and down here on this little speck of dust that we call Earth as we attempt to bring heaven to Earth with symptometry and our path to optimal wellness, I thought that it was such an apropos subject that was suggested to me. You know, a lot of times um, I come up with a lot of the show topics, but this one was suggested to me, and I think it fit in perfectly over the past month, this entire Scorpio season, which deals with death and regeneration. Uh, maybe probably this past 90 days, there's been a lot of people who have suffered um, loss of um, loved ones, um, famous people, not so famous people, but all loved and 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 felt closely um, each and every one of them. Even yesterday, Grandmaster Ronald Duncan passed, um, mm-hmm. a martial artist extraordinaire. Um, some people can look on. You can go on Facebook, on YouTube, and type in Ronald Duncan arrows and see this brother catching arrows with his hand at about about 20 yards, a man shooting arrows at him, and he catching them with his hand. 
So um, I want to send out my condolences and my my prayers and light to that brother's family as well as anyone who has lost someone at any time, but especially here lately right before the holiday seasons because the holidays when you have a family gathering, sometimes you um, certain people who are noticeably absent you start to feel a certain way. And this particular subject, grief, starts to uh, come over us. And that's why I'm glad tonight Dr. Nardi is going to be with us to go into this particular subject about nurturing grief and the loss of loved one and re-emphasize the formula about how important nurturing is in the healing. We do a lot of shows on Last week we did kale and carrots. We've done shows on juicing and the, and the blood type diet and 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 corn and all that. But tonight is strictly dedicated to the healing aspect and the emotional residue that is left by um, sometimes not knowing how to deal with this particular subject of loss or death and then grief and anxiety surrounding it. Um, this is one of the reasons why I. Um, started practicing EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Um, and if anyone would like like some more information on Emotional Freedom Technique and using that for the purpose of relieving grief and getting over past blockages due to these emotional letdowns, just go over to Relaxation is the Key and uh, click on the EFT. I think it's going to be up under Services. And you see a whole section on EFT, and there will be also a link there where you can just place your information inside, and I will be getting in contact with you as soon as possible. I will also place the link in the chat room for anyone who is uh, listening. And if someone during the hour wants to call in and has a question about um, emotional freedom technique or nurturing or has anything they would like to talk to Dr. Nardi about, Concerning nurturing and relaxing and emotions, the phone number to call in tonight is 347-205-9089. All right. Uh, so without further ado, let me open up the mic and bring in my uh, man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Dr. Maxwell Narte. Good evening, Dr. Narty. Welcome to the show tonight. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Dr. Albert, and good evening, good evening to all. And um, and uh, I'm very, very delighted to be here uh, tonight um, to participate in this um, enlightening discussion. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Narty, a lot of times um, people, the word has been getting around about symptometry and how we are healing a lot of these um, tangible diseases. We have shown that curing is proven, that we are not afraid of any disease. We step up to the challenge each and every time, whether it be a cancer or um, 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 any type of venereal diseases or autisms or any of the many things that we've covered and things that we haven't even covered yet on the radio. But tonight... I think it's very apropos that we show people the range of symptometry um, and the spirituality 
of symptometry as we deal with the subject of grief and the loss of loved ones. Dr. Nardi, what are some of the things that you want people to know um, about the importance of nurturing as it applies to loss of loved ones? Um, what I want people to know is we have to know ourselves first. Who are we? We are interactive life forms. We interact with each other. And it is very important that we interact with each other because we are the weakest link on this planet. And we need each other. But in order to need each other, we have to access, we have to assess, sorry, the, the, the situation. We have to associate yourself with people who love you, not people who pretend to love you. And if you associate yourself with the wrong person, you'll be very sorry. When you are grieving, you know, sometimes, you know, um, it's very hard to know exactly what is going to happen because um, you may love a person dearly, and then all of a sudden, that person is taken away from you. Uh, it's not your fault. Sometimes it's an accident. Uh, sometimes it's a freak accident. And you depended on this person for, I mean, you, you depended so much on this person. And that person also depended so much on you. There was interdependence taking place. That is applied physics, quantum physics. The law of interdependence. And now all of a sudden, the other half is gone. There are two things that are going to happen. You have a grieving period. But don't let don't allow this grieving period to turn it into grief trauma. Grief this is normal because you are interactive life form, you have feelings, you have emotions. And this is the time that you spend alone. I would recommend that you spend that time alone because you know yourself better. Your next door neighbor who is to help you to grieve, you don't know him or her very much. Some of your brothers and sisters, okay, you may know them, but, you know, sometimes there are some brothers and some sisters whom you don't know very well, even though you all come from the same womb. You don't know very well. I would recommend very strongly that you spend that time alone. Okay, how many hours do we have in a day? We have 24 hours. You are awake about 16 hours. Fine. But out of the 16 hours, find at least an hour, one and a half hours or two hours. Just be alone. 
the importance of being alone in this moment of grief is to strengthen your electromagnetic field. It is very, very important that you strengthen because your system is down. Everything is down. Your appetite is low because your liver is not producing enough liver enzymes. Your stomach is not producing enough gastric juices. Your pancreas is not producing enough protein-splitting enzymes. It's not producing enough lipids. Everything is down. Don't forget that. So you need this energizing moment so that your electromagnetic field charges the rest of your systems. You have several systems. The urinary system. You have it. You have the eliminative system. Sometimes when you are grieving, then you see that you go to the bathroom very often. You go to the bathroom very often. Some people have not stopped going to the bathroom very often. They call it incontinence after their loved one died. People develop incontinence after grieving for a long time. This is why I am advising you about how to handle this situation. Find the time to be by yourself. Please find the time to be by yourself so that your electromagnetic field charges your systems. If you don't do this, your adrenal gland will suffer, will take a hit. And it will be very difficult for you to produce nor epinephrine to relax. And what is stress? Stress is the inability to cope with pressing situations. That is stress. But this started when you were grieving and you have not stopped grieving. Some people are so emotionally attached that Five years after the loved one died, they are still grieving. This is wrong. Know what happened. Let me tell you what happens after death. Don't say, oh, I died before and I came back, so I know what happens on the other side. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about science. Nothing but science. After death, DNA splits. Part of DNA becomes a virus. The other part of DNA joins the pool of lineage DNA. And once it joins the pool of lineage DNA, Regeneration of life is assured. Life will continue. The person who dies DNA will be in the, the DNA pool. And 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, or even a few years from now, a child 
will get one of these DNAs to become the next person. Sometimes you have a child who behaves exactly like the, 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 the grandfather who died. He behaves exactly in terms of mannerism like the uncle who died. Who is this person really? Well, the person who died some time ago, the DNA joined the pool of lineage DNA. Once you know how this happened, you will be able you will be able to control your emotions because you are using knowledge to understand what has happened and what is going to happen. So you are going to face the reality head on. And you you will find ways to care for yourself. You will find ways to become very resourceful. And you will find ways to, find, to, to solve problems in a very realistic manner. And when you adopt this, this position, what is going to happen? You will not transform grief into grief trauma. Because grief trauma is terrible. There is a particulate that we have in our registry. It is for grief trauma. And I try to understand how this particulate works. And I fully understand now. Because during grief trauma, you deplete your B vitamins. And this makes your enteric bacteria to work overtime, to put in extra hours in order to produce in the body essentials, including B vitamins. Don't take B vitamins. I'm sorry, don't take antibiotics. Don't take antibiotics. Because you are very vulnerable already when you are experiencing grief trauma. And by you taking antibiotics, for whatever reasons, you are going to make your situation worse. So many people are suffering from colon problems. Severe colon problems. Well, no one ever told them about the downside of grief trauma. Symptometry is teaching you about the downside of grief trauma. Why are so many people constipated? Why? Well, they have not known about the scientific facts, about the relation or the connection between grief, trauma, and constipation. When I treat people for constipation, I would like to know if they have, if they have had some grief trauma in their life. Then, when I start treating them for constipation, it begins to work. So, what 
we want you to do is grieve for a short period, about two weeks. This does not mean that you are callous. This does not mean that you have no heart, you have a cold heart. No. It's because you know scientifically what is going to happen to your body. Charge your electromagnetic field. Charge it. And today we are showing you how to do it. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. Appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Abbott, did you have any thoughts on the subject? I'm pretty sure <clears throat> that oh, you are yeah. um, dealing in um, the electromagnetic field of um, a lot of your clients and people that you've helped throughout the years. Um, you've had some observations as well. Well, it's, it's very interesting. And then speaking of the correlation diagnostic that we use in symptometry and one of the one of the things that I I see there is that in um in Asian medicine they call the large intestine channel the great letting go meridian channel. So again as we were as Dr. Naughty was using reference to someone grieving but uh, being unable to let that go, um, it can it can cause constipation, and that grief could not just perhaps only be from losing a loved one to death, but it could be a a loss in a relationship, a, a, a loss in a in, in a job or some type of career, and when an individual holds on to that. As Dr. Nadia talks talks about our electromagnetic field becomes distorted and doesn't function the way that it needs to. So, I mean, I've encountered people who are grieving after years, you know, and 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 we and I, and I refer to that as a, a um, active memory. You know, the the, the memory is being constantly active, whether or not if they watch a television show or a movie or someone says something, and then that in turn will trigger some type of reaction in the body also. Um, so this is really a, a fascinating because as he also, Dr. Nye also referenced earlier, is that there are caregivers and people are different. It's just like there could be a son or a daughter in the family and they could have a elderly parent. And one may be a professional in the field or something of that nature. And yet one is interested in the parent continuing to live and another one is, saying, okay, it's time to go. So is the person that's trying to get, cause the parent to, 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 to pass away sooner, are they setting up a a issue for the uh, the other person to, to grieve? So, uh, Dr. Nardi, if you will, could you speak on how in families 
the way that people look at health and 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 look at how a person should when it's too late or something of that nature for them to continue on their their life uh, journey. Yeah, um, I say this because uh, people tend to assume that uh, brothers and sisters, because they came from the same womb, we love each other. Well, this is not this is not true at all. This is not true at all. Um, we have some parents who love some children, some of their children more than others. This is terrible. Parents should never, never do that. Parents should never do that. Because if you love, if one child knows that you love Michael more than her or you love Josephine more than him, uh, you're going to have a big problem in the future. You're going to have a big, big problem in the future. What do I mean? Josephine and Margaret would not like each other because of what? Because of your preference. Because of your preference. So I have avoided this. My wife had avoided this by loving all our children equally. We love our children equally. There are some parents who love two of their children more than the third one, or who love some children more than the other ones. This, should, this is not good. I'm not encouraging this. Because you, the parent, you experience devastating consequences in the future. The, the daughter whom you did not love will turn against you. And when you are dying and when you are weak and frail, that, that one will want you to go as quickly as possible. The other one whom you loved will want you to stay around much longer, even if it's difficult for you to breathe. He wished there was some miracle somewhere coming from somewhere to reactivate all your systems, rejuvenate all your systems so that you keep living. What is going to happen in that house? You are going to have negativity and positivity. There will be a clash of the, between the two currents and eventually the negative current is going to win. The negative current is going to win. I've seen it several times when I've had cancer patients. 
I've had cancer patients. That's why when I receive, when I have a cancer case, I ask first, who will be the caregiver? Do you have some siblings? Do you have other people in the family who have agreed that this is the way you want your treatment to be? If there is a conflict in the family, I back out. I step away. I don't accept the case. I don't accept the case. Because there must be nurturing going on in the family. And if there is interference, the person is not going to heal. So I'm not saying why should I waste my time on such a case. All I'm saying is our objective is to restore health. And if conditions are not going to make it possible for me to restore health, it's going to be difficult for me to enjoy what I, what I like to do, to help the cells to heal. So this is the answer to your question. This is the boomerang effect. When you have parents who love some children, some of their children more than others, they are creating problems for themselves in the future. You watch. When they are in the nursing home, it is always the child that they loved during infancy who will be close to that parent in the nursing home. The one who was always insulted, the one who, who was also oh, who was always told who was always told you, you you have nothing, you are not good for anything, and so on and so forth. That person will be in Florida, will be in New Jersey, will be somewhere else, and will not even bother to call, even once, even on Christmas Day. Mm. Oh, yes, I have seen it several times. They will not call, because that bitterness, that rejection is still there. And you want to heal? It's too late. You screwed up, when you were a mother at age 34, age 35, age 36, you prefer one child over the other. So this is the answer to your question. Wow. Dr. Nardi, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Evan. I'm sorry. That right there gives us a better picture, and and it also you know, it says, okay, now this is a good place for self-reflection for anybody that hears that because that's really the first time I've ever been given a, a, a detailed description of this because I often wonder why the dynamics in families, especially around death and grief, have those, um, you know, those those ways of looking. I mean, I've known, I've seen people where they won't even go to the, you know, one, the, the siblings won't even go to the, the parents' funeral, you know, because there's so much upset in the family. You know, so um, this is a, a very good topic. Um. Boy, I'll definitely get home tonight. Um, 
one of the other questions I wanted to ask. Oh, well, I, I want to open up the lines early for people tonight if they have uh, comments or questions or feedback. Uh, the calling number is 347-205-9089, If you got a comment or a question um, between now, we're going to take calls up until about uh, 9.08, and then we're going to do our second meditation and then move into the second half of the show. Uh, just press 1, and we'll bring you on to um, to make your comment or ask a question about this particular subject. Dr. Nardi, you, know, you said something about... I'm sorry, go ahead, Dr. Abbott. I was looking in the chat room, and there were some comments going on in there around um, a person saying they're not having a, a relationship with their mother or father, so then in turn, how do they have a relationship with their children. Yeah. Um, are you ask, how do they have the relationship with their children? Let, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. This person is, is saying that it's difficult with them to have a relationship with their with their children. Um, I will not. I will not agree. I will not agree. Because I am a living a classic example. I have not I've never been ashamed to say what my father did to me. Never. I've said it on several times on several occasions on this show and on other shows. I never had a relationship with my father. My father never, never, never hugged me until he died. Never. But look at how our children, or I don't say my children, because it's, my wife is also involved, look at how our children are very close. Look at how they enjoy the warmth of being near their parents. They are all adults, but they always want to be close to us. We are their best friends. They call us for advice. Advice about their boyfriends, about their, their husbands, about this, about that. They call us for advice. We are their confidants. Where would, this, where would you see this happen? Where? Some of them trust, they, 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 they get advice on, from their friends on the street, they, from their classmates, from their roommates, and so on and so forth. They don't go to their parents, but in our situation, they come to us. So even though you may have had you may not have had a relationship with your with your with your parents because they were rough on you, because they were very cruel, and one of them was abusive and so on and so forth. Well, that's why that said don't allow grief to turn into grief trauma. That's what I said. I succeeded because I did not allow grief to turn into grief trauma. Because had I allowed this to progress to that stage, to that stage, I would have been a loser. Instead, I knew how to nourish my glands. I knew how to turn things around. And today, look at me. I am the winner. So 
you may have had a rocky relationship with your parents, but this does not prevent you to be at the helm of affairs and turn things around to your own benefit. Thank you. Um, one of the things that I wanted to add on to that is uh, the the myth. Okay, we get habits from people that we hang around, but we don't have to own habits. Like Dr. Nardi just said, the grief trauma comes from you owning a habit. You don't have to own smoking. Some people say, well, my mother smoked, my grandmother smoked, and my great-grandmother smoked. They all was in the tobacco field, so I smoke. That's a that's a cop-out. You know, you, you have free will, but it's important that you, but you do have a DNA cocktail that you're sipping on that has some challenges in there to make you stronger and a better you. And the suggestion is don't try to do it all by yourself. That's what people get caught up. Dr. Nardi, can you talk about how people they look and see their past and they get caught up in the they get caught up in the in the uh, grief trauma of their past and they think that that's the only way that things can be going forward and they don't reach out to get some help. You know, they don't pick up the phone or they start relying on um they get to the psychiatrist, it's really over because then he's going to call them manic depressants, and he's going to start giving them uh, pharmaceuticals. Now, um, I know you choose a non-confrontational path with the pharmaceutical realm and, and, and the psychiatrist, and I'm working on it, but I'm not there yet. So <laughs> I, I'd like for you to say something, you know, concerning, uh, um, you know, these particular medications that are prescribed a lot due to the detachment or the grief from even I can't get in contact with my children and then the children just running around the house just doing anything. Um, To me, sometimes people have these particular soap opera fantasies about how it's supposed to be in their household, and then if it's not there, they drug themselves out. And then they say, well, it's okay because... I'm getting prescription medicine. You know, I'm not doing marijuana. I'm not drinking alcohol. Or I may have a couple glasses of wine and take my medication and try to just sleep it away and go to bed. But the problem is uh, still there. Can you speak on that, please, Dr. Nardi? Yes. Um, what, what, I'm, what I do as a symptomatist is identify the problem and solve it. I don't just identify the problem and then list it or list the problems as problems affecting humans. Um, many people do not want to reach out. Many people are suffering. Many people are suffering. But they do not want to reach out because to others because they do not want to be labeled. You know, it is sad that we are in a society where you go and confide to your teacher about uh, you go to you go and confide to your teacher, and then 
your teacher discusses your personal problems with other teachers, and some of these teachers have friends amongst, uh, the, 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 uh, amongst, the, among the students, and then they leak it to their students, and by the time you realize your problem is known by all in the school. This is very frustrating. That's why many students don't trust their own teachers. If you don't trust your own teacher, where do you go? People call me for consultation and they hear the, the door slam. Dr. Nati, um, is, somebody, is somebody else in the room with you? <laughs> I, 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 I say no. Why? Oh, no, I think I, I should end this conversation right now. I should end this consultation. Um, why do you want to end it? Let me tell you why. If you like, let me help you to answer this question. You confided in someone, and that person breached your trust. True or false? then there will be silence for about a few seconds. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I said true or false? True. So you thought, you, you, you thought that what that person did to you is also what I'm coming to do to you, right? Yes. No, I don't do that. When I write your prescription, I'm not even going to write the details of your prescription. When I'm treating somebody for herpes, if the person is living alone, I can write herpes. But if the person does not live alone, I'm going to write immune system, low immune system on the prescription bottle. If I'm treating somebody for HIV, I will never write HIV. I will always write low immune system. So if I'm going to treat you for your mental condition, I am not going to write schizophrenia there. I am not going to write uh, manic depression over there. I am going to write brain peptides. I'll, go, I'll find a way. I am a very creative person, so I'll find a way to write it, but only the two of us will agree on what I will be treating you for. And then when I tell them this, then they relax. Then they warm up to me. And then they tell me more and more and more and more and more. From Then a 15-minute consultation will turn into a one-and-a-half-hour consultation. Finally, this person has found a doctor he or she can trust. And then she spills, or he or she spills his or her, her heart out. And then I know exactly how to treat such a person. So, people are not reaching out because 
there is too much cynicism out there. There are too many hypocrites out there. That's why people are not reaching out. And since they are not reaching out, what is happening? They are suffering alone. They are suffering inside. And by the time you realize, a few years from now, there's a, a governor of I mean, a, a person who he was one of the he was a, I think the Illinois Attorney General or so. He ran for the the governorship of Illinois. Came back home, but he decided he decided to go home. Sorry, and uh, he stopped somewhere, and he received a phone call. Rush home immediately. What? No, just come home. His 21-year-old son had committed suicide. What happened? He, this, this boy had all the love from his parents. He had everything going for him. The father was completely lost. And since then, this man has not run for public office again. You see what I've been telling you about nurturing? You may have millions of dollars. You may be surrounded by all kinds of toys, all kinds of amenities, all, all kinds of goodies. But nurturing is very important. You come home from school, the house is empty. Dad is not home. Mom is not home. Dad comes home at 9 p.m. Exhausted. He has no time to listen to your school situations. Mom comes home. Exhausted. No time to cook. They brought something from a restaurant. The son is in a room. Listening to music. Hello, honey, how are you doing? Hey, fine, fine, fine. Take a shower, go and eat, go to bed. And this will go on and on and on and on. Your son commits suicide and you don't know what you did. Reaching out, reaching out is very important. But before the person reaches out to you, you would like to have some assurance that you are a person he or she can trust. So, Coach Kair, I have to thank you for allowing or for helping many people to know that symptometry is a point of reference and symptometry is a place where they can find someone to trust. That's why our phone lines are always busy, very, very busy. And when people, when I have, when I set up consultations, and it goes beyond 15 minutes, because people are happy with what they are, they are getting. So this is our way of doing this nurturing. Mm. Thank you, Dr. Nardi. And with that being said, we're going to just lead right into our second meditation at 9-11. If everyone would just...
straighten up the spine, relax, go back to the inhaling deep as the stomach expands, exhaling through the nose, relaxing, releasing, no contemplation, no manipulation, just relaxing, being calm, inhaling and noticing the steam rising, exhaling, visualizing cool water falling. As we melt away grief, as we inhale love and vitality and power and happiness and exhale and release all the drama, just let it go, it doesn't serve us anymore, spine is straight, fingertips are together or the palms are up. We are relaxing on the inhale and relaxing on the exhale. Staying relaxed, cool, calm, and collective. Only retaining the greatness, the peace, the harmony, honoring ourselves, just listening to the breath as it rises and falls.
slowly start to release the breath. Slowly start to expand into joy. Slowly let life and compassion fill your heart. Let your heart be filled with compassion and forgiveness as you forgive yourself, as you fill yourself up with energy, staying relaxed, loving yourself. You are loved. Focus all of your energy on your heart love to your heart. Focus all of your energy on your lungs as you nurture and send healing energy to your lungs. Focus and send energy to your kidneys as you heal and forgive and nurture and love your lungs. Feel your lungs glowing with energy and your kidneys glowing with energy. On the left side of your body, feel your spleen glowing with love and positivity. And on your right side, feel your liver being honored. Take your right hand and place it right below the rib cage on your liver. Take the left hand and put it right below the rib cage on the left on your spleen. And inhale down into the heart. And exhale out the palms as you energize your vital organs of the liver and the spleen. Inhale, expanding the belly, bringing the breath down to the heart. And exhale out the palm of the hands as you energize the liver and the spleen. Staying relaxed, very relaxed. Realize that you are experiencing optimal wellness and that you are well and that all is well. Bring the fingertips together at the heart in prayer position. Spine is straight. Inhale into the heart. Once again, and exhale as you extend the arms towards the sky, letting the hands come apart and releasing all grief. You are releasing all grief, all trauma, all drama, and relaxing in your energy. All is well, all is well, all is well.
to bring Dr. Naji and Dr. Abbott back on the line now. If anyone would like to call in, has a comment, uh, or has a situation that has happened in their life where they've been dealing with uh, drama or anything like that, the call-in number is 347-205-9089. Everyone can please slowly open their eyes and just relax. Dr. Narji, I'd like to ask you a question before people start calling in. Um, can you talk about some of the some of the advantages of meditation and non-attachment as a strategy for dealing with grief and trauma? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But you see, I will not, I will not discuss non-attachment without discussing um, the importance uh, or the reason for being uh, non-attached. Um, people, people have to know why they should not be attached to something. Um, you mentioned habits. People form habits, and then they attach to these habits. And when you ask them to distance themselves from these habits, in other words, to stop this habit, as if you have stabbed them in the in the chest, and that is not true. It is for your for their own benefit that you are asking them not to be too attached, to be too emotionally attached to uh, to their beer, to their uh, uh, narcotic, you know, or to their medication. Some people are even attached to their medication. You're talking about uh, prescription drugs. People are attached to these prescription drugs. So when you tell them that there is even an a natural way to help you to heal, well, they don't believe it because there's an addiction, there's an addictive factor that is in the system already. Meditation, I encourage meditation because it allows um, the adrenal gland to participate fully in the process. The adrenal gland produces norepinephrine for relaxation. And when you are meditating, you are releasing more norepinephrine. This also helps to relax your arteries, your blood vessels, so that blood flows to many other parts of the body. Even though you may have blockages, in some of them, at least. Meditation helps you to circulate blood to a few additional areas compared to uh, a person who does not meditate. It is for this scientific reason that I strongly endorse meditation. But here is a problem. If you are meditating and you cannot concentrate and you cannot create that blank mental screen so that you are one and all with the universe, 
then you have a serious problem. You have an attention problem. You have all kinds of ideas crossing and crisscrossing your mind. Uh, you need a particular for that. It, this means that you, 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 you have too many blockages and even your mental screen is a big mess. Many people sit down for, for 30 minutes trying to meditate and try to create the blank space on the mental screen. No, it's, it will not work because they are overwhelmed with all kinds of blockages. Such individuals will have to call symptometry. Sitting down for 30 minutes or one hour and not achieving anything is not to your interest. It's not in your interest, sorry. Because the purpose of medica meditation is to relax, to allow the adrenal gland to spring into action. And if you cannot do this, then who are you pleasing? You are not pleasing anyone. You are not pleasing anyone. So call, pick up your phone and call symptometry for this. As far as non-attachment is concerned, I endorse it also. But here is a here is a problem. What is the dividing line between love and non-attachment? Yeah. What is the dividing line? You see, there are some people who wants to be loved, 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 and when something happens and a vacuum is created, those people are vulnerable. Very, they are confused. They don't know what to do. And this is what I don't encourage at all. You have your limits. You have to know where love begins and where love ends and where non-attachment begins and non-attachment ends. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act. If you love your boyfriend to the point where you become jealous if you don't see him or if he's not around, you have a problem called symptometry. We have a particular for jealousy called symptometry. That one right there should be the, the top prescribed one, Dr. Nardi. You know, because, um, you know, there's, I, I think there's, as again, like you said, there's a fine line between a person being able to, to uh, detach and, and have love because with, with so much like forced detachment, there's a level of denial that is being that's that that that's there where the person is is repressing something, and so yes, as, yes, and as, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. So as you see, so is there a particular or for, or for that one? Or yes, 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 yes. You see, because you see, you 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 are not producing certain brain essentials. You are not producing certain brain essentials, and some of these brain essentials are not only producing B, B vitamins. They need you need some special uh, you need some subatomic particles to help you to produce these brain essentials. You see, 
I, I see many I see many men who are jealous and many women who are jealous. Uh, if you see jealousy if it in children. You see jealousy in children. It has already started. You see? It it will germinate. It will germinate to full blown jealousy in adulthood. And that is not good. Nip it in the board right away. Mm-hmm. Nip it in the board, please. Nip it in the bud. Why do people snap? Watch the watch the television the, uh, the documentary snap. Watch why do people snap because of long term jealousy. This jealousy has been with this woman for years. Look at men. Look at men. Men even who after divorcing you after divorcing the woman or after separating from the woman they are still jealous. They are still jealous. Look at this. Look at this. This man. I was reading the newspaper, and this three hundred pound man slashed the throat of the boyfriend of the former girlfriend. Former girlfriend. Former, not current. Former. But the the possession is still there. The jealousy is still there. And he went to Skokie and slashed the throat of the former girlfriend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And today, today he's in jail. This thing did not start yesterday. This man is 35 years old. This means he started when he was about three years or four years or five years old. The jealousy has been taken, has been brewing. Stop it, please. Lord have mercy. Like you say here, that jealousy, that might be a topic for a whole I, I this is the this is the nurturing show about the grief and the loss of loved ones. I don't even want it to turn down that particular uh alley for the uh for the jealousy. Um I see everybody tonight is just stuck in their seat tonight. Like nobody's pressing one mm-hmm. to call in. Like we normally have people just saying, Hey, I got something to say but tonight, I think this this topic is really resonating uh, very hard, very um, deeply with people. Um, Close to the vest. Uh, on an astrological level, it's a lot of things going on as far as in the heavens as well. But sitting between these two eclipses, you know, the influence that we are feeling between the solar eclipse we had a couple of days ago, and the lunar eclipse that we're going to be having on, on the 28th of November, um, this is a great time for us to be what I call opportunists. Because eclipses clip things off, which could be habits. Some people say, well, let me clip off other people or let me cut people off, but what about the habits of jealousy? What about the habits of being what I call a grief freak, you know, where they just be like, they're always looking for reasons, like you people uh, chase chase ambulances or chase funeral homes or, you know, finding reasons to, to, to grieve or talk about things that are low energy in nature. You know, we must start to discuss things that are high energy in nature because the low energy, just the conversation causes deficient um, brain essentials. Dr. Nardi, could you speak on that for a second about 
how low energy conversation, just the words that come out of my mouth, deteriorate brain essentials. Yes, yes. Don't forget that. You see, you remember I I, I started by saying that we are interactive life forms. That was how I opened this discussion. Interactive life life forms. You see, when we stand close to each other, what is happening? My electromagnetic field slides into yours, and yours also slides into mine. So we have communication going on. I will not say there is interference going on, but at least we there is common ground between the two of us. But if we are on the if we are not on the same wavelength, there will be irritability. You see, you talk, you talk, you you call it low energy, but the the real technical term is you are not on the same wavelength. And if you are not on the same wavelength, you will not see uh, things from the same prism. You will not see things in the, from the same prism. When you are cracking a joke, the person is taking offense at your joke. And it makes the person more irritable. Why do you want to continue to associate yourself with such a person who is not emotionally stable, who has deficient uh, brain peptides and brain essentials, such a person needs help. So what you do is, if the person is really willing to listen to you, you direct him or her to symptometry. Because irritability is indicative of poor emotional health. We have so many people who are irritable. Sometimes you see them on the bus. Sometimes you see them on the plane. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Who are you laughing with? Hello, how are you? Did I tell you I'm sick? Why are you asking me how I'm dumb doing? Go your way. Why? You are mad at the whole world? There is something fundamentally wrong. Mm. There is something fundamentally wrong. That's why I say there are so many people who are sick. And you will never know who you are talking to anymore. But we have the opportunity to turn things around for our own benefit. And this is exactly what we are doing. People are looking for a reason to cry. They are looking for a reason to cry. And then they will turn around and blame you for making them cry. Oh, you insulted me. You were mean to me. You were mean to me. I was not mean to you. So let us turn this around for the betterment of mankind. Thank you. Mm. Boy, 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 boy. What's going in tonight, ladies and gentlemen? He's on the top rope. 
Jimmy Superfly Snooker out here. Uh, I do have a caller on the line. Let me open it up. The calling number once again is 347-205-9089. Caller from the 252-883. Your microphone is wide open. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, My my name is Darrell, bro. What's going on, big brother? Hey, what's going on, bro? How y'all doing? Oh, thanks, sir. Thanks, sir. All right. Okay, thanks. Okay, uh Hello? Yes, yes, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yes. Okay, okay. Okay, um if a person have a problem with jealousy, right? Yes. Uh, if some person if a person have any kind of disorder dealing with uh relationships or dealing with the blockage of energy concerning how do they how they use it. How do they supposed to know and recognize that and get past that if they don't know that? Well, first of all, if you don't know that, if you know if you don't know that, that's why it's good for you to be in a relationship. You see, sometimes um you cannot you cannot tell um that you talk in your sleep. So it is the person sleeping next to you who will tell you that, hey, yo, you know that when you sleep you're always talking? Who, me? How? I don't, I don't talk in my sleep. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Okay. Then to prove it, what will happen? When he's when you have when he's fast asleep and he starts talking, what do you do? You 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 press the tape recorder, and then the following morning you play it back to him. What? So I was doing this? Yes, and you've been doing it for months. Hmm. What what is causing this? All right. You are not producing certain brain essentials. So you call symptometry and we'll fix the problem. So this is what happens when you don't know and someone else brings it to your attention. Many people have been suffering silently for some time. But their DNA we take them to certain areas until they reach a point where they will eventually get help. And I hope this help is obtained sooner than later. So that is the answer to your question. If the person does not know, then there is a way of the person to know. Through, after, after some time, through contact with another person. Eventually, it's the other person who will bring it to his attention. Like okay. today, like today, you heard that there is uh, symptometry cures jealousy. Aha! Uh-huh. And you know somebody in your neighborhood or in your family who is very jealous. So what will you do? You you are now going to tell the person that you know what? I think you might be interested in this, and then you play the tip to him or her. And let him, him or her listen. 
to the show. And then, sooner or later, a person will place a call to symptometry. So this is how it is done. So the show is not just to, 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 to fill airtime, it's to educate the general public about where the kind of help that you are looking for is available. Thank you. Okay. I understand that. Okay, so when you're grieving a lost one, right? Yes. Okay, because I have a friend girl who was grieving a lost one. Um, her uncle had an accident, and she felt like the accident was her fault. So she had nightmares about it. How... Or what would you recommend for her to get past that problem? Um, you need you need a professional counselor uh, because you can you you do not have the qualification to help such a person. Um, when she places the call, or he or she places a call to a professional counselor, there are ways to regroup the person's mind so that the person jumps from this track and begins life in another track. There is a way of doing it. You see, I've had, I've had, uh, I've had people who thought that uh, there was no other way of dealing with their crisis. But by talking to such a person, I open up their valve to creativity. They think in a different way. And this is how you regroup the person's mind. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. All right. Appreciate that, big brother, Daryl. Thank you for calling in tonight. All right. Peace. Yeah. Got to give him a round of applause. <clears throat> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Symptometry, we got the cure for jealousy. We should be having that yeah. thing rolling out tomorrow. The, the, uh, the line should be blowing up in the morning by about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Should be a whole new uh, uh, FedEx UPS truck going out with the Saturday <laughs> shipment this Saturday. <laughs> Yeah. And Dr. Nardi, I'm gonna have to uh, definitely uh, put me down for letting me test drive that um, that particulate for calming the thoughts in the mind. Um, because even in my meditations, um, the particular technique I use, it takes me a little while um, to get the thoughts to settle down, much like. When you're shaking up the little thing that's got the snow in it, you know, when you go on mm -hmm. vacation and you set up the little thing, you shake it up and the snow is in there, then you let it sit, and then the snow starts to settle down. Um, yeah. I'm definitely, I didn't even know that there was a particular for that. Uh, I don't yes, know what that yes, 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 there is. Yes, there is, because uh, uh, you have so many interferences, and then, you know, this is also the, this is the, uh, this is also the, the particular that we use for, um, um, there's another particular sorry that we use for cloudy mind, you know, and and some people who 
uh, when they go to bed, they have all kinds of ideas. They are sealed. They are sorted by, sorted by all kinds of ideas, and to the point where they cannot sleep. So not that they have insomnia, but it is ideas that prevent them from sleeping. So, so, so when we have insomnia, for instance, we ask, what kind of insomnia do you have? You see, and then when you cannot meditate, when you cannot clear your mind, your mental screen, that's clearing the mental screen so that you have a blank space, you know, because you need this blank space in order to connect with the universe. And if you are not able to do that, it means that uh, no, 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 there are certain blockages that have to be cleared. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I know I got an order coming out soon, so go ahead yes, and drop yes. that in mm-hmm. my file. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be calling soon and uh, contacting you as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let me see if we got anybody else in the chat room. Someone. Well, I don't know. She asked a question. I think you may have just answered it. Uh, the sister said, "Why is it hard to stay focused sometimes?" Um, if we didn't answer that question completely, I still want to put the emphasis on practice. See, what you practice, you perfect. But what you what you don't practice, there's no way you're going to perfect something the first time you do it. And sometimes we don't uh, put a practice on focus. We just tell people over and over about, I can't focus. I just can't seem to focus. And you keep on letting that energy come out of your mouth. And you start to t- you start to convince your brain that there's no need to focus because you keep saying that you can't focus, you know. And there must be a practice. Are you setting time aside to let things happen? Are you setting ten minutes aside um, or and staying in that position to to just focus? Are you setting five minutes aside per day to just focus? That's why we did the meditation tonight. So you could sit that tail down, be quiet, and just do nothing for a second. That is horror to some people. They are afraid of doing nothing. When you are busy, the mind is busy. So you must sit still to let the mind quiet down, focus, and then when you go back to being busy, your mind will have had the experience of focus while it is quiet. But if you 25, 35, 45, 55 years old and you've never given the mind time to sit still and be quiet, then the mind doesn't know what you're asking it because it's never practiced it. Why would I be why why should I focus now? There's been no other time that I focus. I just lay down in the bed and go to sleep. I don't take out a set of time to, to, to sit down and be quiet and focus. But, see, this is about the priorities, Dr. Nardi and Dr. Abbott. People prioritize going to work for Mr. Charlie 9 to 5. Oh, I got to get up two hours early so I can drive in traffic and get dressed and take the children to school and go to work for somebody else and live their dream. Okay, but what about five minutes for yourself? See, when you when you lack the 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 ability, not the ability, but when you lack the dedication, you want to focus, it's going to take dedication. You want to come into the American School of Symptometry, it's going to take dedication. If you want to get married, it's going to take dedication. If you want to pass a test, it's going to take 
dedication. If you're not dedicated to something, then you're not going to get the results to it. And focusing is the same thing. You must learn to become dedicated to the practice of doing nothing. Now, see, Dr. Nardi, for some people, they think that's an oxymoron. Practice is an action word. Doing is an action word. But then nothing don't have no action to it. Can you talk about for a second before we get out of here, Dr. Nardi, about the quiet times that we need in our life? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's too bad. Uh, well, but my, my children know me, and uh, yeah, you've, not, you've, not, you've not known me uh, in, in my private moments. Um, I like nothing but silence, total <laughs> silence. <laughs> you see, so um, that's why I like, I mean, that's when my day starts at 2 o'clock in the morning, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And when the birds start chirping around uh, 4 a.m., Okay, I know that. Okay, Sun, uh, sunlight is coming, but silence is the beginning because everything moves. You have to know that there is slow movement of electrons, then from slow movement of electrons to fast movement of electrons and you need to start from slow to fast and then move to fast so silence is the springboard that helps you to move to the fast lane so if you don't have silence you are going to miss the very first step of progress you are going to meet the very first step of progress progress starts with silence. I have never seen never seen a person who lives on a very busy street with uh, uh, the honking of cars, the blaring of the saris and all. I've never seen such a person who is intuitive. Such a person cannot be intuitive because you need silence to be intuitive. You need complete silence to be intuitive. Silence is important for meditation. You cannot you cannot do transcendental meditation or any kind of other any form of meditation when in a, in a noisy area. That's not possible. You need slow a medium of slow moving electrons in order to project you to the medium of fast electrons. That is the basis of life. What is darkness? What is darkness that gives light? Darkness is a medium for almost zero radiation, slow-moving electrons. What is light? A beam of fast electrons. So silence is very, very important, especially for spiritual development. Very important. So I treasure silence a whole lot. People say, so don't you like music? Well, the music is nice. 
Music is nice. Enjoy your silent moment first. Then you enjoy your music later. Look at, listen to all these musicians. They don't develop their music. They don't write their lyric uh, when it is noisy. They go to bed. Then they wake up. And they bam, bam, bam. These ideas are coming. These lyrics are coming. This idea is there. You have to start your progress from a medium of slow electrons always. And that is silence. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dr. Narty. Visit the silence. Visit the silence where the electrons are moving so much slower and you can receive. Then you'll be prepared when the electrons start speeding up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dr. Abbott, do you want to add anything to that? Hello, Dr. Abbott? I think he might have put his phone on mute. I think so, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that was a, just tonight has been just an overall amazing conversation tonight. Yeah, I had, a, uh, I had an issue with my my line here. Okay. Okay. No, I, I think that was great. I mean, because silence, there, there's always that sound in silence. There's a sound in silence, at least from my experience. And early in the morning, I definitely hear it more so than I do in the evening. That has been my personal experience. Well, um, Ideal times, I know all of you are not able to get up, you know, uh, like Dr. Nardi at 2 o'clock because you don't want to go to bed at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> there are, <laughs> you can you can, uh, you can actually um, find out through your birth chart the best times to meditate um, that are best for you to line up with certain planetary energies. Um, and that's why I suggest my main man, Ra Aku, over at the Academy of Cosmophysics, um, or myself, I can put you in contact with the brother. Um, please, please reach out. Also, if you have never meditated, if you've never meditated, go on on uh, YouTube and type in Meditation Kair, K-H-A-Y-R. Just type in Meditation Kair, and I have about three to four DVDs on there. I have a question and answer DVD answering a lot of people's questions. I also have some Qigongs and Tai Chi on there, and you'll be able to just follow along with the with a meditation technique very similar to what we did tonight. Also, if you'd like to order my Microcosmic Meditation Basics DVD, you can go to Relaxation is the Key and click on, video, and click on DVDs and... Well, let me make sure that's the right link I'm telling everyone. I know it's, yeah, relaxation is a key, and then click on DVDs, and you can be able to order the meditation DVD or the Tai Chi DVD. Um, I do appreciate everyone who came on tonight. We've had an awesome show. 
Uh, we won't be having an after party because I like letting Dr. Nardi get to bed um, relatively close to his uh, normal bedtime. Um, the show has been totally awesome. I want to give a big shout-out to everybody that's in the chat, everybody that's on the line uh, from all the different area codes, 763-703s, 215s, 404s, 403s, 314s, 202s, 301s, 571s. Everybody listen from Pluto, Mars, just all over the place. I really, really, really appreciate all of you for tuning in tonight. Please download this show and share it with friends. Thank you for those who are listening on the download. May all of you have a splendid and happy uh, holiday season. Please be safe out there. This is a great time to start your meditation. Don't get caught up in the moving electrons that want you to go and spend up all your money. That's not nurturing just because you spend up all of your money, you know, during the during during the Christmas and the holiday season. It's okay to share and spread the love, but please be mindful to spend some time in silence because there're going to be some people out here that are going to like come at you to test your resiliency. When you have those instances of feeling loss and grief for people who are not here this particular holiday season, who were with you last holiday season, just take some time out for yourself and gather yourself. Go back into a mini meditation, get your breath together, and just relax, all right? Just relax. If you need to reach out to Coach Kyer for anything like that, for an EFT session or questions about emotional freedom technique, the phone number is 910-375-WELL, 910-375-WELL. Also, I want to give out Dr. Abbott's phone number if you need to reach him for your consultation as well, 336 336-456-9183. 336-456-9183. Um, and, of course, before we go, we do have someone else who always raises their hand at the last minute calling in from the 773. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello, hello, everybody. This is Belle from Symptometry Headquarters, actually, in Chicago. Yay! Belle. Hi. Um, good Hi. evening. It was an amazing show, as always. So uh, thank you for that. I just wanted to mention if listeners enjoyed this show, I know they did. I got a lot out of it. Dr. Nardi and the Symptometry team will also be in New York, in uh, Woodbury, New York, which is just outside of Long Island, December 7th and December 8th for the Mind, Body, and Spirit Transformation.